Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. Get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Just visit crnafinancialplanning.com. And don't forget, listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how you can submit them, check out the CE Credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs and advanced practice nurses with certified financial planner Jeremy Stanley and CRNA Sharon Pierce. Jeremy Stanley has worked with CRNAs for more than 23 years, and Sharon Pierce is a former president of the AANA and the NCANA. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA and advanced practice nurse industries. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7. Hey, this is Sharon. I'm in Washington, D.C. at Mid-Year Assembly, and unfortunately, Jeremy couldn't join me here at the meeting. However, listeners, I have been joined by one of our new guest co-hosts, Tracy Castleman. Of course, I don't know the order that these are going to be heard. She's not so new right now. I've broken her in over the weekend. But Tracy's been a longtime friend of mine and is one of the group I affectionately call the Fab Four. Tracy, thank you for joining me. Why don't you tell a little bit about yourself before we kick our topic off today? Well, thank you, Sharon. And Jeremy, I'm sorry you're not here, but it's kind of been fun this weekend doing this with Sharon. (laughs) I will say it's a lot nicer to be on this side of the interview than the other, a lot less pressure. Um, I I am a practicing nurse anesthetist from New Jersey, um, where I've been practicing for over 20 years now. Started at the Albany Medical College program from, as I've said before, my fabulous uh, program director and assistant mm-hmm. director, Denise Martin-Sheridan and Kathleen O'Donnell. Um, you were I got a to, lucky girl. Yes, I was. I got to learn from an awful lot from some really, really mm-hmm. wonderful people. I was very lucky that way. I um, sat on a variety of positions on my state board. I'm president of the charitable arm and Jana Cares. I think we're the only state that has a charitable arm. Our charity supports um, communities that are um, that are lacking health, mm-hmm. and health can be defined in many different ways. It could be mental health, food health, homelessness, um, access to care. Um, we do a lot with the veterans and PTSD. There's a big group in New Jersey, so that's that's a lot of what I've been doing right now after raising two fabulous sons who are on their own. Oh, not so busy at all then, are no, you? No, no, not as not busy at all. <laughs> well, we've got a great guest with us today. One that we were both sitting in the audience, mm-hmm. and we look at each other and go, "We've got to get her on the podcast." Um, so, but without another further- woman who's not very busy. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I know. So why don't you introduce yourself and tell us why you were on the stage yesterday and Tracy and I made a beeline for you after it was over. Well, my name is Chris Rohde and I am a practicing CRNA from Nebraska. I practice at Nebraska Medicine or UNMC. It's our big level one trauma center there. I was on the stage yesterday because I won the Daniel D. Vignus FPD of the Year Award. And um, what an honor that was. Thank you. I appreciate that. I I was just talking here to one of our students that I just do things because I like doing them. It's not it's not um, it's not a hard job for me to do. I love it so much. And so I guess I just do it and I had no idea that I was nominated until a few weeks ago and very humbling, very honored to do this job. 
So that's why. It's nice to be nominated and by, and recognized by your peers. It is. It is. And reading what people wrote about me, I had no idea that people noticed those things that I was doing. Isn't so that cool? It was very cool. It was very nice to hear um, because it is. it can be very time consuming and you hope you're doing the right thing and you hope you're making a difference. And so when people do see that about you and find those things, it, it really does make it worthwhile. You know, you said an interesting word. It didn't feel like work because it was your passion. Ooh, exactly. I like that. Yes. So before we go on any anymore, for, there are some people even within our own ranks that do not understand what an FPD is and what you do. Well, I am the federal political director. And what that means is I am kind of the liaison between our D.C. constituents and our membership, but I'm also heavily involved on the state level too. So anything political I'm involved in, I um, get all the information firsthand from DC, from our state, from our lobbyist, and I try to relay all that information to our state board and to our membership. And then I'm really involved in any sort of legislation that affects CRNAs, but also APRNs. I'm also involved in all of that, too. Now, each state, for our listeners who don't know, each state has an FPD. Correct. So we have, what, 50, 50 FPDs? 51. 51 I'd... now, yeah. But so did you say you also do your state GRC, or you're just responsible for your to do your um, federal work locally when your representatives are in town? I kind of fell into both roles. Ooh. Um I and Nebraska is the only unicameral legislature. Yes. I don't know what that is. We oh, only have, have a Senate. That's it. Oh. Only one in the United States. They yes. don't have a House and a Senate. Just one. Just Interesting. one unicameral. Yeah, it's very unique. Um, so when I got involved on our state board, I really enjoyed the politics right away. I don't know why. I never have That's been. okay, but every state loves because you need one yes. person who says, boy, this <laughs> yes. really turns me on. This is cool. <laughs> yes. Um, and I started, well, I, while I was the president-elect, I started attending more events at our Capitol. And our lobbyist has become one of my great friends mm-hmm. because I am constantly with him attending things. So we have gotten to know each other really well. And he, just, he told me, um, you can't ever leave. You can't quit. This is your job. Mm -hmm. This is what you need to do. And so he kind of picked me, I guess, the more I was doing, he just said, no, this is something you need to do. You're really good at it. I appreciate you. You know, the issues and the way you talk to people is just different from other, Mm -hmm. how other people have done it in the past. So as I was serving on our board and doing other roles, I just kind of gradually started doing more with the political arena and attending more events. And then our FPD, I just watched her and she was amazing. And so I try to fill her shoes. I don't know that I ever will. She was around for a really, really long time. And I think most of us remember Nancy Gonringer. I was just going to say, Nancy, say your name, just say her name. Yeah. I mean, when I was a student, I had no idea what she did. And then Mm -hmm. I just watched her and she was someone who would walk into a room and just would Mm -hmm. know everyone and befriend them and talk about the issues, but in a great way and Mm -hmm. never talked down about anyone. And I just thought, that lady, she is amazing. I just, I wanted to be like her. And I think just over time getting to know her and becoming a friend and 
we kind of knew that my natural transition through our board, then I would eventually mm -hmm. take over as FPD. But in Nebraska, sometimes um, it's kind of been, you know, if you if you show up to do things, you will get tasked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that different in any state? Uh, no. <laughs> But I think um, that's kind of what happened with state GRC as well. So because I'd been doing that so long, I just have continued. So I kind of wear two hats. Okay. Doing, doing well, that. you know the you know the issues. Yes. I mean, and I like that you had gone through the board positions mm -hmm. because you are well seasoned and you know everything inside and out. Yeah. Did what was your transition like taking over the FPD? Because I know whenever in North Carolina and of course I use North Carolina because that's what I know they would mentor them and all of that well when I was uh, president-elect and president Nancy was our FPD um, I was helping her a little bit because that was kind of when everything was starting to go virtual and then it, COVID happened when okay. I was the president in my second year so I helped Nancy set up all our meetings and organize things. and So you brought that level uh, in that yep. she didn't have. She didn't have that. Sure. And that was that was very frustrating for people. Mm -hmm. They'd never done it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, she's like, I don't even have a Zoom account. <laughs> so I, I'm like, well, you've got to get one. And it's pretty easy. <laughs> but, but right. So, yeah. I mean, but that was kind of empowering too, I'm sure, to yeah. be able to step into the role that way. So we way. just, I mean, I just, I assisted with that, helped her. And then um, the incoming president you know, we worked together closely for two years. She has also become a friend. And so in our uh, bylaws, the FPD is appointed by the president. And so she spoke to Nancy about me taking over. She's like, this is what's going to happen because we have somebody who wants to do it and someone who can do it. And she's already kind of doing some of it. And let's Let's get her before she walks away. So Tiffany, uh, when Andy then appointed me mm -hmm. as the FPD, that was one of her first duties as president. And so that, and then I just took over and... And she clearly had a clear vision of the future. I'm New sorry. Jersey is... Uh, Heather Borbley right now was uh, working as our FPD, but she is our president-elect. She'll be taking over. And she did tell me... Um, I don't want to assign a role to somebody who doesn't yeah. have it. I'm well, pretty sure she told me who is going to I, be. I th my question is, I think most states it's a presidential appointment. I think in our state it's who volunteers to do it. <laughs> well, I'm going to be well, honest. <laughs> now, we do have, uh, what we do have is an executive director of legislative affairs for GRC in our state. And we actually pay Nick Black to right. do it because he works at like a full-time job mm -hmm. and he at, that's on his resume kind of as a full-time mm -hmm. job. And he's been, cause New Jersey has been, um, another hotbed. I know it's always been a hotbed and it's been a slow, it's like moving the Titanic there, but we are, we are, yeah. but it's, yes, you are. We are playing the long game and it was based on the, the, uh, model with Christy Calgill out in Oregon. Was it Oregon? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, where yeah. they had. The taken, Oregon experiment. Yes. Where they had taken. You a, were sitting on SODC. I know. That's that why I was and struggling with the states on that side of the room. Because <laughs> you were on the board probably by then. Anyway. Uh, I think I was. Yeah. Anyway, for FPDs who are listening out there right now, tell tell them some of your pearls of wisdom. And I mean, you're you're the cream of the crop. So what you're doing is obviously working. I want to just point out one other thing, which I really like that you said too, and maybe people are hearing mentoring. You yes. had a good person to model. Yes. You were mentored. You weren't just thrown into the position. Somebody took the time to show you the way. Yeah. And encouraged you. Mm -hmm. um, would you say that was 
helpful to you? That was very helpful to me. And it wasn't just Nancy. You know, I was pulled in and asked to help on our board before I was voted onto the board mm-hmm. um, by Sarah Theo Harris. She was our president at the time. And then um, Holly Chandler became our president-elect. And so Holly said, well, you're you're going to run. You're next. <laughs> you're next. <laughs> and uh, there were a couple, there was one other person before me, but you know, all these powerful leaders um, with strong voices and they kind of see people in the organization and they will ask you. And we've yeah, talked I, a lot about that. I can't see Holly, anybody telling Holly no. Yeah. Holly's very persuasive. Oh, <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> but I just want to, I think that's an important piece yes. that all board, you know, mentor people and give them time, yes. right? Yes. Um, show, we all, we're all leaders. We mm-hmm. all can do just about anything. Mm-hmm. But when you take somebody who has the passion and, you know, has the interest, is smart, beautiful. I'm sure walking into an office, there's not many people who don't say, come on in. Um, <laughs> but you have the knowledge. And, and then they... They gave you the opportunity to grow before they threw you yes, out of the nest. They did. So, anyway, so pearls. Pearls. Um, you know, I think, so because I've been doing this for a really long time, when I was on this, it started when I first, my first committee assignment for our board was I was on PR. And they asked me to be on the PR um, committee and I said sure and then realized very quickly that it was just me I was the PR <laughs> committee the PR of one committee. I think I recognize that <laughs> yeah. position too <laughs> but it was interesting to me because what I was able to do was I had this budget not a huge budget but what do you do with this money am I trying to do PR for the rest of our membership they should already know what we're doing so who was our target and that's when I said I think we need to target the people making our policy and those would be our legislators. So then I took that money and then we started paying to go to the fundraisers. And then we increased that fund a little bit. And so that's where it started. I said, we have to start making these relationships, you know, and I am a people person. I enjoy talking to people. I don't have much of a problem doing that. So when I started attending these meetings, I would be introduced to here are the people on the Department of Health and Human Services. And that was who I I shouldn't say target, but that's who I targeted. Well, you know, I wanted to know that. I focused on on that. I did. And so what I started doing was attending their events, talking to them. And honestly, when I go and introduce myself and tell them I'm a nurse anesthetist, and then they ask me what it is, and I tell them what I do, and then they talk. I really don't have to talk a lot sometimes. Mm -hmm. They want to tell me what they're doing. And then I am always very appreciative. I tell them, you know, we thank you for all your time because it is a, it's a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just very cordial. I create these relationships. A lot of the times I end up being friends with them. Mm -hmm. I attend their fundraisers. I love doing that stuff. It's fun for me. And they see me over and over and over. And I learn about their families. I learn about what they did in their previous life. You know, a lot of, in Nebraska, it's a lot of retired farmers, a lot of retired bankers, a lot of retired lawyers. Some of them are still working, but I try to get to know them and I'll ask them about certain things. Or we had a conversation about something funny and then we'll bring that up again at a later date. It's just, you make these connections with people who are making these healthcare policies. And all I do is very simple I'm nice and I tell what a CRNA mm-hmm. is. I tell them our story. You know, I don't want someone else doing the narrative. I don't want someone else telling them what I do. The best person to tell is me. Right. If or you're other not CRNAs. telling your story, somebody, somebody else, else will. Is. Absolutely. And it won't be the story that you yeah. were told. 
So, so exactly I, I'm a little social butterfly and I just flit around their events and I meet people and my lobbyist uh, used to be concerned, like, oh boy, where are we going to go with this? But now he just lets me fly. He just lets me go and he'll just come find me and make sure I'm doing okay. But other than that, I just, I like to meet people. So it's been fun for me to do that. And some of them have become friends and... Yeah, well, it's all about relationships. Absolutely. And, you know, I've said this a million times, it's easier to screw somebody you don't like than somebody you do like right and so if they see something come yeah. across their desk that says nurse anesthetist and they immediately think of you yeah. and and they like you they're going to pick up the phone and say well let me call chris yeah about this but if you've been not very nice they'll go hmm. and just yeah or if they don't know you yeah or if they don't <clears throat> yeah. know you they don't someone. have, right, they, I don't know what this is. They either push it aside or yeah. the first person who gives them any kind of input they're going to go with. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. You've spoken about your relationship with your lobbyist. Yes. Um, I think that's an important piece, yes. right? Um, for all states, you have to have a good lobbyist who you can trust. Uh -huh. Do you have, and it sounds like you have a good relationship. Um, how long has that lobbyist represented your state? And do you have any say in if they are to stay or go? We do. Kent <laughs> Rogert is our lobbyist, and he was a Nebraska state senator. Okay. For a okay. brief moment. So he understands how mm -hmm. it works. And um, Ron Jensen was the lobbyist. It was his firm. And he picked Kent okay. to come in and be his partner and eventually take over his lobby firm. And so I've been practicing for 13 years. And Ron, Ron was our lobbyist at that time. Kent was there, but he wasn't with us as much. It was mostly Ron. Um, so at least for 13 years, I've known Kent. And so, um, but I couldn't tell you, I think that they've been our only lobby firm. Okay. Well, uh, you may not have had a lobbyist we might for that have. for very long. Mm -hmm. I remember the first lobbyist that North Carolina hired. Again, that turns you on though. That's why. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I fired her <laughs> later on. <laughs> and that is not easy to untangle no. a relationship. Yeah. We had no. to fire um, hours in New Jersey, yeah. and it was a big deal. We had to have the uh, ANA come in and help uh, us. It was yeah, a big, big deal. Um, but our current lobbyist is just fantastic. Yeah. We just, you know, you can't beat a really, really good lobbyist. Yeah. So I have a question. Do y'all evaluate your lobbyists? Because I created the first evaluation that we had, and it was a lobbyist that my board had hired when I was state president and she was not very happy whenever I created the evaluation and I said you know I know that you are good I just want to put it down on paper somewhere sure, yeah. yeah um so that everybody knows that you're good and that we're we as a board are doing due diligence in evaluating you we started evaluating more it's probably not even well I'm not even sure if we have a form that we use but I have um, one you, we, you can show it to me I might take <laughs> I it I think I can still find it 
<laughs> so we, um, when the AANA was pushing for states to get an executive director or an mm-hmm. AMC, oh. mm-hmm. um, we hired an AMC and they helped us get really organized. Nice. I had never seen anything like it because we are, you know, as a you stopped using of, the milk crate and carrying things yes, around. Yes. Yep. And, and Nancy brought in the milk crates yes. from her basement. I could not <laughs> believe the amount of papers she'd been holding in her home for years. So we took all of that, scanned it. They helped us get organized. And um, they have a form that we use to evaluate them, our, our AMC. Oh, okay. nice. They want to yeah. make sure that we're happy with what they're doing. That, that's, that's good. That's yes. good governance. Yeah. Yes, it and is. then um, we also then do we do a little bit of an evaluation of Kent because, you know, he every, you know, we you give should. him a little raise each year. So we have to talk about, you know, what has he done and are we happy with it? And let me tell you, I don't think any of us realized just how awesome he was until this past year when we've actually had some legislative battles going on and he just went above and beyond. He's um he's a bachelor. He lives a really fun life in the off season of politics and he <laughs> gave it all up for us this year. Gave you know? up his bachelor. He did. Uh, he was married to the association. He was married to Nana and oh that uh, poor like guy. That sounds yeah. pretty funny. Married really, to Nana. He was mar- he was married to us and you know, I know it was hard for him because it's, I know that being in session is stressful and that's a really, you know, Life even though nor it's liberty nor the pursuit of happiness right. is safe when session is in. Yes. And so I know he works really hard during the session. And so summertime is his time to have fun and go on trips. And he did go on a couple trips and I'm happy he did because once he got back, Oh, Katie man. bar the door. Yep. We, we just, we ran all summer and, um, he helped us set up all of our fundraising events that we went to. He made sure we had money at, you know, delivered, but his big push was I can go and represent you, but you need but to, you be need there. to go Yep. and you need to show your faces because they want to hear from the, their constituents yes. and they want to hear from the people who are, who w- this legislation will directly yes. affect. You know what? Now I want to stop both of you here and you know, I've always wondered, this is what you, you live, what we preach as yes. an association. It doesn't just need to be your lobbyist. You need to be there. Mm-hmm. But yet, and we're here in Washington, D.C., but yet we don't follow that same dictum at the federal level, right? No, we, we don't. We come in once a year. Once a year. Yeah. Yeah. You ever thought about that? I yeah, have. but we could be seeing, we should be seeing our, our representatives when they're in our hometown then. That's where we need to be yeah. knocking on the door saying, I just came in from around the corner. I want yep. to say hello. What's going on? And I've never visited my person in at home. the district. Have you? No. Okay. Um, I, I've called, but I haven't. No, you're right. Uh-huh. I've done my state keep, people. Keep talking, sister. No, I'm, you're, I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> no, no, no. But, I've, I've, but I've to me, I think, it. It, I, I think there's probably more impact. And I'm going to tell you why. My guy only lives in New Jersey sometimes. Well, that well, that was why whenever you said <laughs> see them in the district, I'm like, what? Because no. I rarely see. But they're supposed to be. Well, they are supposed to be, but I rare, I rarely, I rarely see them, and I'll only see the ones that are in my party because I'm treasurer of my political women's group. Mm-hmm. So they know me because I write their checks from the group. Anyway, we digress. Well, I know that. I mean, in Nebraska, you know, we're a small state. We only have five federal representatives. 
So I try to get to their events when they are in. It does make it easier. It does. If you're in California, right. if you have PD in California. Yep. Or, you know, and so we do, state. and our, our state lobbyist helps us figure all that out too. I mean, he kind of dabbles with us in the federal arena just so that we can get connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and he usually knows if one of our representatives will be at something in the state. So um, he's the president of the Nebraska Business Association, our lobbyist. And it has been a really great connection for us. So I attend his Mm. annual party for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, usually he's invited them. So they sometimes they will show up and I'm always there ready. So I have already spoken to Congressman Adrian Smith once this year Mm -hmm. face to face. And he remembers me probably because I just pester him a little bit when I come to DC and talk to him. And he's very, he's very CRNA friendly. He's from a rural, rural, rural area. So he really likes us. So that's well, been if, nice. If your lobbyist has been a state senator, a lot of your congressional people have served in your state legislature. Correct. So yes. they will have those mm-hmm. relationships. So yes. it, it's, that's very helpful. Yeah. And then I, um, I might've weaseled my way into <laughs> an event in Iowa because (laughs) I'd heard that um, the Iowa senators and congressmen and women were going to be uh, at a dinner just in Council Bluffs when I live in Omaha. They're right across the river from each other. And I heard the special guest was Congressman Don Bacon, who's my congressman. So you had a right to be there. And so um, I basically asked Sarah Tweedy, can I come? (laughs) And she's like, let me make sure I don't have any more Iowa people that want to attend the Iowa event, Chris. And then um, I was able to go and I brought a couple people with me. And that was really interesting because, you know, if someone from another state comes in there, the special guest, that's great. We say hi, but I don't really know their politics, you know, because I don't follow them as much. But so when he was at this party, he was just thinking he was going to be in the shadows. But let me tell you, we went in and talked to him and he he was so excited that people wanted to see him and talk to him at an Iowa event. Oh, really? So it was actually really great. Well, of course. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They want to be seen in her. Yeah. They don't want to be part of the wallpaper. Right. They don't really want to be no. part of the wallpaper. So it was fun for him. I think that he showed up and then here we are, his little fan club. And so... I do that sort of thing, too. You you made, (laughs) uh, he was released in serotonin the whole time. Hello, everyone. Jeremy here. Beyond the Mask is sponsoring a team for Halos again this year. Halos is an organization that offered support when Sharon lost her grandchild, Emma, two years ago. Halos is a nonprofit that provides emotional and financial support to bereaved parents who have lost a child from miscarriage through age 20. It's run by parents who have lost a child themselves and want to be there for those parents that need love and support or someone who truly understands what they're going through. The only means of support for Halos is through fundraisers and personal donations. Their largest fundraiser is a walkathon, which will take place on August the 6th. Sharon will be emceeing the event. Please consider joining us and donating by going to the show notes to look for the link or by going to the Beyond the Mask Facebook page. Thank you for your consideration. You can find out more information about the 2023 Halos Walk and donate by clicking on the link in the show notes of today's episode on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. 13th Annual Memorial Walk takes place in New Richmond, Wisconsin on August 5th. You're moving legislation statewide because you're doing that as well. Have you done anything uh, like that with DC, have they reached out to you and said, we need you to work on your people for us? 
A little bit with the I Can Act. Mm-hmm. Um, Congressman Adrian Smith is one of the original supporters okay. of that. So we did speak with him quite a bit. And that, you know, I cannot thank our DC office enough for all that they do and keeping us informed because I wouldn't have known that that was coming down without their input. Okay. And so they had us reach out to him, but also to all of our other congressional people and senators. And Adrian, like I said, has been very supportive of CRNA. So we weren't too surprised that he was the, one of the original supporters of had that. He, did DC inform you that he had signed on or did he sign on after DC asked you to go? I and- think um, he, they were thinking he would sign. And then after he signed, then JP told us he did. Okay. So that was great. Um, and I, there hasn't been a ton of work that I've had to do on the federal level. Um, I don't know. I just feel like everybody here is so great and they don't, I mean, they'll reach out for us, but they do so much work for us. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. But you know, and what we've been able to accomplish is, is Herculean because our office, our shop has what, seven or eight people in it. And our opposition shop has like 25 people in it. So what it is truly a David and Goliath and Mm -hmm. what they've done. It's been Herculean. Yes. That's the same even with just the the main office staff in Chicago too. When you compare apples to apples, there is none. You can't compare them. But it is, um, it's an important piece that you provided because they did in D.C. get Mm -hmm. the congressman to sign on. Congressman, right? Yes. Congressman Um, Smith. Mm -hmm. But you being able to circle back and say, thank you so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. You know, this is important to the people of Nebraska. We, you know, it validates their why. Yes. And it, uh, although they're already CRNA supportive, you said, because he's rural. She, yeah. he, he mm-hmm. is rural, you know. Yeah. As we know, that's who provides the health care to know. his constituents. Without you being yeah. out there, they yeah. got to go a long distance to have that baby. Yep. They really want to hear about access to care. Yes. They really do. Especially in Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. Because we have you. a little bit of a healthcare desert in mm-hmm. some areas. And so, you know, we want to help with that. And they know that we're there and they know that we want to help mm-hmm. and that we have. So that's been really beneficial for us. Well, clearly this has taken up a lot of your time. We taped another podcast um, and, and we were talking about, is the sacrifice worth it? Because you sacrificed mm. your time, your talent, your treasure. And has this sacrifice been worth it? I think it has been. My um, husband is home with our boys. <laughs> He's always home with our boys. Um, I started doing this. My uh, youngest is 11. I started doing this. I was um, on our board right after he turned one. Yeah. So they just have always known me doing mm-hmm. it. You know, they just expect it. They kind of think it's funny. I think they think it's cool that their mom got invited to the inaugural ball for the governor or we get a Christmas card from the governor every year. It's normal to them. It's normal to them. Don't be surprised when they marry women like you. Well, that would be great. (laughs) Although I hope I don't butt heads with them. You won't. You You won't. (laughs) No, you you won't. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a little. (laughs) I I do. I I have a lot of guilt sometimes because, you know, I miss out on things like my son's, my oldest son um, is a freshman in high school. He made the baseball team. I've missed so many baseball games because I've been here, other meetings, Uh, my younger son is also playing baseball and I've missed his games like all weekend I've been missing things and so I think but they're it's so funny I probably feel worse about it than they do so I always say I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and they're like it's okay okay. mom I think it's great though for 
your children to see you be passionate about what yes, you do. Exactly. You know, I, it, it is I, for me, at least they know mom's working, mom's involved, mom's passionate about things, but they know that I'm passionate about their things too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so they'll, for, tur- they'll turn out. Okay. I think uh, so. Too. Believe it or not, this particular meeting, my son started coming with me when he was eight years old. Now, mind you, he was already over six feet tall, and nobody knew he was that young, and he would take the subway by himself and go down to the Smithsonian all day while I was here. And I would put up every Not meeting. at eight years old. You did no, not send him well, on the subway. It wasn't, might have been 14. Maybe. He was a little bit older. Um, but he's been coming to this meeting. The point of it is he's been coming to this this meeting ever since he was smaller and I would put up every single meeting I was speaking at or I was going to be at and they could sign up which one they wanted to go. So my kids became very well traveled in the United States because they went and saw all of these and it would be nothing. I would be, I'll never forget. I was somewhere, Larry Hornsby had called me and my Danielle was little. She goes, Tell Larry I said hello. <laughs> and I'm thinking, my kids know more of the AANA leaders, just like your kids, yeah. Tracy, than most CRNAs know. And it's just Larry or Deb or, you know, they know them all by their yeah. first name. So it's not yeah, a bad our thing. Our kids used to come to, oh, but now my sons are 30 and 27. So that's why I said, <laughs> don't be sad. One is married. I have a fabulous daughter-in-law, but she is smart and she is driven and, um, She's just really neat and cool, but she's not a shrinking violet. And, yeah. you know, my son Drew's girlfriend is not a shrinking violet. Uh, they're smart women who are achieving. So don't be surprised yeah. when uh, uh, you'll be proud, you'll be happy. But <laughs> um, they used to come to all the meetings. And one day, uh, a couple of years ago, I was heading out for a mission. I do a surgical mission every other year with a group. And it's one o'clock in the morning. We were heading, I was waiting for my ride to the airport because you had to be there early in the morning. And He's standing there with my suitcase. He carried it out to the car for me. And he said, you know, Mom, he goes, I love coming to meetings with you. He goes, you've done all this cool stuff. He said, but, you know, I'm proud of you all the time. This is my son telling me this. He goes, but this is what I'm most proud of, of what you do. And what I'm saying is they watch. They're watching and, like you said, and they're absorbing. And it is cool to see yourself through your children's eyes as they get older. Yeah. But don't yeah. miss too many baseball games because you don't oh, get I to won't. go back and see them I again. I know. Well, and we have Game Changer now, so everything's online, so I can turn on a video yeah. and see a live feed. It's wow, nice. how yeah. cool yeah, is that? Is that? Nice. Yeah, that is nice. nice. But I think it's important for our children to know that we do mm-hmm. have things that we have to do. You know, and, and I tell them, this, this job that I do outside of my real job, I said – it keeps that real job the way it is. It lets me practice how I want to practice and other CRNAs. So I think they see it. I think they understand. But, I, but like you said earlier too, I think it's important they see a passion. They see you doing right. something you enjoy that gives you um, passion and purpose. And hopefully then they don't just themselves lead a life that is humdrum. And I don't mean right. that in a bad way, but you know, we all know people who mm-hmm. are, um, they carry the weight of the world on everything they do. They don't choose their life. It's like life drags them along. And yeah. and I think your children will choose their life. And yeah. that's really cool. And I tell them if there's something you feel strongly about, support it, figure out how you can make it better. You know, don't sit back and complain about it and mm-hmm. never do anything. I said, you can get involved. Now, this is a whole different conversation yes. with a <laughs> bottle of wine at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've covered a lot mm-hmm. of uh, topics here, and I'm sure there are other mothers out there who listen to this, and 
they've had these same conversations out loud or in their head, I would suspect. But as we conclude here, and as you want to leave a lasting message to uh, current FPDs, rising FPDs, um, what would you like to say to them? I think maybe the reason that in Nebraska we've been very successful this year is because not just me, but everybody has showed up. Mm-hmm. Everyone has showed up. Everybody's donated their time and their money. And we've been, I've never seen something like it when we are faced with something that could potentially harm our profession. The way people bonded together, helped each other out, attended events, donated money. They were there. Usually it was just me or maybe one other person. And I would, I was bringing 15, 20 people with me and it was really neat. So I say, show up, mm-hmm. just show up, be there. You know, that is really all you have to do because they just want to see your face. They want to see their constituents. They want to, mm-hmm. and eventually they'll start asking you, what can we do for you? And that's, that's when the things started turning for us because I'd been there, been going for so long. I'd been showing up mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. And so it wasn't like this is, I just started showing up to their right. events and fundraisers. That's key. It's always key yeah. to hear that over yeah. and over. It's, yeah. it's creating those relationships because someday the relationship is going to turn and they're going to ask you what they can do for you. And you're going to need help someday yep. with something. So wow. I don't think there's anything better we can conclude on than that. Well, congratulations on the award again. Thank you. Well-deserved. Thank it you. It really it is, is. well-deserved. I'm extremely honored and um, I was so surprised. I have to just say thanks to my Nebraska colleagues who nominated me. My lobbyist wrote a letter. Mm-hmm. Um, well, our president wrote a letter. Our vice president wrote a letter. Our past president wrote a letter. And reading those letters was really humbling. And it's um, it's just really, really awesome to see people, I guess, happy for me and what mm-hmm. I've been doing. But like I said, I love doing it. It's fun for me. It's not hard work. Like you said, if you, if you love something, it's not work. It's not work. No. Yeah. Well, I think that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Mass with the absent Jeremy Stanley, myself, Sharon Pierce, and guest co-host Tracy Castleman. If you like our show and want to help us grow, Tracy, can you tell our listeners how to help us grow? The best way to help us is to like the show, share it on social media, tell your friends how much you love Tracy on the show, and leave a review, but make it positive. (laughs) As Jeremy says, we all know there's enough negativity in the world. And did you know that Beyond the Mask is in the top 50 medical podcasts in the country and number one in the CRNA community and in our hearts? (laughs) I think I knew that. But thank you to all of our listeners. We wouldn't be in the top 50 medical podcasts without them. Until the next time. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. 
Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate your support. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.